friends and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us and you do so as we continue Blood Lords. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And a shout out to all of those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi, Iggy, Wolf, Blardimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, The Trevor Project, Das Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, Eric R. Ope does gonna sneak right past you there. Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, Mercutio, Angel Shadowheart, Sirendid, The Necromancer Forever, Jason K, Tiki Lopez, Licky Dopez, Ricky Ropebridge, Alex K, Doma Alaka, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Argoon's Long Lost Elbow, Figtier, Zach S, Jimmy H, Mr. Turtle, Sleeve, Darren, Caleb W, Corey, Pickle, Mr. Grimm, Fire Down, M54, Ewaz, Jameson S, Eric R, Plus 247 of Whacking, I'm Not a Robot, George F, Leo Hart, Hard Har Har, and Witch Hunter. Shout out to new patron this week at the Lich level, Jeremy D. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of Session 10. We're down in some tunnels underneath the Meat Market District looking for the Bone Shards Gang. Gerdrug scouts ahead and triggers a 20-foot tall pile of bones trap which falls on him and causes all sorts of problems. Combat commences with three cultist types and a gross-ass ooze. The whole thing ends up being a bit less intense than we were expecting. We get set on fire a little, but come out okay. We take some time to loot and heal up and reflect on what we've discovered. We heard one of the gang members say a name called Kepgeta, whoever that is. We plan our next course of action. Okay, well, I guess back to the hallway? I guess. Seems like we've kind of been through here. I mean, we... Then you say there's there's skeletons blocking hallways? Oh, yeah. Clogging. Should, should we start, like, rifling through the hallways? Try and clear a path, or no? N- no. Okay. I'm sure there's some secret shit in there. Do you remember why you came? We're looking for the... We're looking for the Bone Shards gang. They're dead! Well, you found them. We're looking for blood to be lords of. <laughs> you found the Bone Shards game. They're dead now. What, three people is a gang? <laughs> is that what they call consider a gang around here? That makes us a gaggle. <laughs> a gangle. A, I'll say a gangle. Gangle. They didn't have any notes or anything on them, so... Nope. And Arya specifically made it a point to, like, stab the bodies to death. Oh, there's, like, nothing left of those bodies. I I tore them the fuck apart. <laughs> I left the heads. Uh, I look for, like, any documents, like papers they might be carrying or that might be in their campsite that might give us some information. You rifle through everything. And yeah, I suppose so. You don't see anything that's going to give you any hints, any clues. What about Dave? Dave, the leftovers. The leftovers? Yeah, you could make some inferences if you'd like. Wasn't his name Dave? That is one of the names you said. Yes. Is that it? Did I figure it out? No. Oh. <laughs> we just gotta find Dave. I don't know, Tyler. I think uh, we figured it out. We won Bloodlords. Game over. It's Dave. It was always Dave. It was Dave. always Dave. It was Dave the whole time. Dave, the conjurer of the poisoning plot. Was his name really Dave? Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Dave. I like Dave. Dave's a good, good name. Guy, I guess. Yeah, what, do you, what do you got against Dave, fuckers? <laughs> Seemed like an alright guy to me. Yeah, I flip flop. Oh, he died. <laughs> Well, let's bring this name back to Buckhead. I don't know what it takes to carry these three bodies, but I'll bring those back to Berlin if I can. You're likely gonna need like a uh, a wheelbarrow, a wheelbarrow, or something a wheelbarrow. To, like some like spikes to like push back on, so they can kind of have some semblance of a body. Hey, you got <laughs> you got some shovels on you. We've got a walking cauldron. True. Throw them on that. Just kind of squish them into the walking cauldron. Scoop all the bodies into the walking cauldron. <laughs> like, we're not sure what parts are for which body, but here you go. Now, here's what I'll do I'll take one of these tents, the bigger tent, and I'll, like, tie a rope to the corners, and then I'll put the bodies on the fabric, and then I'll drag it. Okay, okay. Arius did say he specifically left the heads. I grabbed the heads, too. 
They're gonna need a head. Do you really need a head, though? Like, I don't know. Like, speak with dead or something. They could. Don't zombies die if they don't have a head? They're already dead, dude. I don't know, man. Destroyed magic. We should probably take it to Berline. Yeah, we'll take it to Berline. Or the Reanimators Guild, or wherever we're supposed to take those. Reanimators Guild, maybe. Yeah, just straight to Berline. That's what I'd say. To show deference, I think we'd go to her before going to the Kuthite piece of shit. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Screw that dude. Then you'd have to actually go back to the to the temple. Yeah, I hate that. I'm assuming we need to talk to him and give him like, the dude, info you just, we found. Can you just meet us at a coffee shop, man? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we really gotta do all that. Alright, so yeah. We head on out. If it's starting to be daylight out, I will meld into Sun Drinker. By the time you uh, get out of the Warrens, it's about 2.30 a.m. And you make your way out of the Warrens and uh, into the, the, the meat market. You've got a little bit of a walk to get to Burline, and the evenings never have the quick, or rarely have the quick among them. But you see more than your fair share of vampire and ghoul walking the street, striding along uh, with your cauldron clang, 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 clang in behind you. You certainly turn heads as you're walking by. A couple of people start whispering and pointing to you even as you continue down to Berline Haldoli's manor. Dragging corpses. Of course, that can't be too unusual. But probably it's a little unusual. You clang, clang, clang up to Berline's gate on the southern side of Great Urge. The gates are closed. There's a rope for a bell. I pull the rope. We know Clang. her schedule. When does she sleep? Clang. We've talked to her about this before. Yeah, she, that's like, what she did say that she like doesn't really sleep. So it, you ring the bell, and Major Domo Murek comes up, and he he says, "Ah, yes, you are. Uh, the mistress is unavailable at the moment. How may I assist? We have bodies. Oh, she does love bodies." Are you willing to wait another 15 minutes? Yes, of course. Then come, come in. And he opens the gate, lets you in. The grounds are quiet right now. I hang out. I can get you some tea or some. I suppose I can get you a cup of blood if you would like, Lucan. Well, that would be most, most desirable. Any other refreshments you all wish? Just the blood, then. I will be back. He took you into the sitting room to wait. He comes back with a chalice and, uh... You know, it doesn't have your name on it or anything, Lucan, but it's the same chalice that you had brought out to you last time. Nice. You, you can tell. I like that. Consistency. When he delivers the chalice to you, he bows shallowly to you and says, I will have the mistress see you when she awakes. Very well. A couple more minutes go by. You're left alone here. You do anything while you're waiting? I relax. We had a lot of combats. I just take it chill. If she has books, maybe I'll grab one and read it. Uh, you actually find a uh, a book on uh, horticulture. Sure. I like horticulture. I've got a whole rose thing going on. This would be a perfect place to slip in a flashback, David. You you want to slip in a flashback? Yeah, this would be the perfect place to slip into a flashback, reading a book about horticulture. All right. I can do a flashback for you. As Lucan runs his pale fingers delicately over the spines of the Bloodlord Haudoli's collection of books within her receiving room, his attention is drawn to one on horticulture. He plucks it from the shelf and returns to his seat. His companions are quiet, none of them particularly social or chatty. Gerdrug is always seeming impatient and wishing he were somewhere else. Arius so immobile he might as well be a decoration. And Kix, slightly nervous and ever observant. Lucan paged through the book, enjoying the detailed illustrations and descriptions of various flora. 
He let them send his thoughts back to a different time, a different life even, a life when Lucan Hollow was a Talden businessman, married to his Kadiran husband, Saqib Wakar. Saqib was a masterful florist, whose skills and artistry were profound. Upon their marriage, Lucan used his business acumen to help Saqib run a small but successful florist shop. In fact, unknown to anyone, Saqib had latent druidic magic within him, and his flowers bloomed large and colorful. The most impressive was a rosebush, which grew to encompass the entire perimeter of their joint shop and home. Their near-idyllic existence wasn't to last forever, though. Saqib contracted a strange and indecipherable disease which took his life quickly. Lucan, heartbroken and in a place of darkness, watched as all his husband's flowers died in the absence of their caretaker, to the point his home and shop was filled with the scent of decay and buzzed with insects feeding on the rot. Only the huge rosebush survived. Lucan then chose to forsake mortality. He sought out the curse of vampirism, spending all he had to procure a safe transformation. He then packed himself into a coffin with a little dirt and a few clippings of the giant rosebush, and had himself shipped to Geb, where he could start anew. Upon his arrival, the clippings had grown tremendously, completely surrounding the sleeping Lucan within the coffin, and had gained sentience, becoming Sundrinker. Neither Lucan nor Sundrinker quite understand what happened, but they both have their unspoken suspicions. Lucan closes the book, his glass of blood forgotten, and peers off into the mid-distance silently, lost in memory and a lingering sadness. So Berline Haldoli comes in, 3 a.m., and she is carrying a cup of tea. Ah, yes, hello, welcome. I see you have something for me. Putting the cauldron to good use already? Oh, what's in there? Be- better question is, what isn't in there right now? <laughs> uh, pieces of three bodies? Oh. I-, I reach in, like, pick up the head of one. This one fancied it a bard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Okay. So we went and investigated the bone shards gang down below the meat district after meeting with the Kuthites. Oh. Uh, did you meet with Ostagar? Yes. It was a, a an interesting encounter. We'll He's a good friend of mine actually. Well, that's that's good. I found him a bit off-putting, but you know, Kuthites. That's how they are. Well, not everybody can take a Kuthite. I understand that. He always has to punish himself so after we enjoy our fine dinners together. It seems so pointless to me. Well, I certainly agree with that. I could use that time in investing into a skill of some kind. Instead, he flagellates himself just because he decided that the peas tasted good. Well, whatever. Yes. Anyway, we investigated... The Bone Shards gang, we think they have something to do with this poisoning going on. Um, there were only three of them, and now they're dead. Oh. But they did say a name. Kepgeta, if it means anything to you. Kepgeta. Kepgeta. Kep, Kepgeta? Hmm. What an interesting name. No, we've never heard of it before. Hmm. Well. Oh, Ostagar sent you down there to, because he thought, what, that they were associated in some way? Oh, sorry, I wasn't aware of what uh, information you and Ostagar had exchanged yet. Yes, so anyway, he believes that the bone shards were in some way involved in the poisoning of the farm, and there's other poisoning things seeming to go on. So we went down to investigate them. And how did he know about this? If he told us, I relay that information to her, but I don't recall. It was one of his members of the church knew it or something, didn't they? Correct. In uh, Initiate Kuthite spent his off time as a member of the Bone Shards gang. And when they discovered that he knew something, uh, they tortured him for all the information he had. 
Rude. As any good Kuthite would. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. Okay, okay. Hmm. Well, uh, I must say, Lucan, uh, Gerdrug, you all, I'm not a flesh warper of any kind. I can't really do anything with this that you've brought me. However, I see you have the heads. You could speak with those heads with Speak With Dead. Why don't you go ahead and pull it up for me, Lucan? Does any blood drip out of the bottom of the neck? Yes. Oh, just the tiniest little bit. I catch a little bit. Just a... <laughs> do you do one of the bone uh, thugs? One of the thugs or the... Uh, well, each. Sorry. No. I mean, each. You have to sample them. I meant which head are you holding up for Burline? Oh, oh. The, I, I guess obviously I was already the, holding up the, the bar. The leader, I'd yeah. I picked, picked her head up that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd say that one. All right. Then uh, she would go over to, to that head, uh, and she begins to cast a spell. It's a ten-minute spell, so she before she starts casting, she says, This takes a touch of time. If you'd like a refill, uh, ask ask me to get you something. Oh, no, just 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 if you don't mind holding that head a little steady there. Good, right? I'm good. <laughs> just got to catch any drips. Just, yeah, just... <laughs> Alright, then after ten minutes pass, the uh, the head, it's slack-jawed and stiff. It starts to work itself. The jaw works back and forth, and then... Ah! Ah! Oh. I'm dead! Ow! Bloodlord Berlain? Yes. Hello. I have some questions for you. You'll answer them. Yeah, yes. Yes, I yes I will. Good. What do you know of the plot to poison the citizens of Greyditch? I don't know of no plot. All I know is well maybe Kep Geta had something to do with it. She was the leader of a gang called the Three Fingered Hand. She took over the bone shards, massacred so many friends. The three-fingered hand sounds like it would have something to do with that flag, right? I would assume so. She was always so quiet about what plans she had. She killed so many people. But she she really wanted keys to the bank. Oh, like these? Yeah, sort of, yeah. She was looking for a different key. She got it. She sent a bunch of her gang members up to the bank to get something, but I didn't know what it was. Good, good. Now, you only have enough energy in you for another question. Just one more. So, before you say anything more, she says to Sareg, the, you know, head in Gerdrug's hand. She looks over to Lucan and the the party. I'll give you the final question. Ask carefully. I mean, do we ask where do we find Kefketa? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. We whisper, 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 whisper. Or whisper. do we ask who is Kefketa? No, we'll, we'll find out who she is when we find her. And all the other questions we need answered that this person won't know. Where do we find Kefketa? I don't know exactly where she went. All I know is that the people who went into the bank never came back out. We ain't seen her since then. Well, maybe we'll find her corpse and ask her. After she gets that last bit out, her jaw goes slack, and the color drains from the head again. Well, that was interesting. I don't know what that had to do with the poisoning at all. Yes, don't know why they need to go to a bank. But I understand there were lockboxes left over there. Perhaps something interesting that they needed was in one. Or they had a clue that it might be. There's been rumors since the bank closed, for certain. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, What else did Ortegaard speak with you about? I tell her. Yeah, so he thought the the new leader of the Bone Shards gang was doing this poisoning. And clearly the new leader of the Bone Shards gang is kept get up, but also clearly didn't care too much about the Bone Shards gang, killed most of them. Really, the Three-Fingered Hand gang is her deal. 
and they went to the bank. So, all right. I guess we're going to the bank. Yeah, and she didn't, the head didn't specifically say it, but so did Kepketa go to the bank also, or? That seemed to be implied. That's what I thought, but I wasn't positive based on what was said. So Ortegar and the Kuthites tortured some bit of information out of one of the followers that was one of these, what, Bone Shard gang members? And then you went on site because they believed that it was part of the poisoning. We've been looking into it and uh, it's been difficult to find any information. I'll have to speak with him about going to you before coming to me. Yes, speak with him indeed. Anyways, sorry, just making a mental checklist. I guess we're off to the bank. Sounds like you're off to the bank. Well, Kix, are you ready to go back to your old place of employment? The place sucked. They never gave me bathroom breaks. <laughs> I was about to make an Amazon joke for a sec, but nah, man, those people are hurting. <laughs> people I don't want to make hurting. fun of them. <laughs> well, let me know how it goes. Are you going to go see Ortegaard before or after the bank visit? Uh, before. I don't want to see that guy unless we have to, so after the bank oh, visit. Oh, after then. After? <laughs> I want to talk to that guy again. How about this? While you prepare yourselves for the bank visit, I'll have a conversation with him. You won't need to speak with him again. Works for me. Like, ever? Well, I didn't say that, did I? Never such a strong word. There's so many possibilities. True. I do have things that I must do. I actually have a few meetings this morning with some council members. Try not to get the leftovers of this mess on my carpets on your way out, yes? Thank you for coming by. Let me know how things go. Yeah, should we take them to, like, three animators guild or what? That slop? Just pour them in a... A hole, or I don't you know. You know what? Go see, go see Major Domo Miak on your way out. Uh, he'll have you transfer it into a wheelbarrow. We'll find some place to dispose of it. It certainly seems more like a slop for livestock than it does for any useful reanimation. Well, ghouls would eat it. Of course they would. Ghouls will eat anything, please. Disgusting creatures, aren't they? Yeah. My grandfather was a ghoul. Sorry, sorry, what? I can't, <laughs> can't keep a straight face on that one. <laughs> so unless you guys have any more questions or further conversation you want to have with Burline, we can... Uh, no, it seems like she's done with us, so I'm leaving. Yeah, we'll head on out. Do we want to rest first before we head to the bank? I used one spell. I wouldn't mind resting. I mean, Yeah, it sure seemed like she was implying that we shouldn't go straight there, because she said she'd talk to that what's-his-face. Yeah, Portgar. So, all right, we rest. Then uh, let's go into downtime mode. You head back to the Theater of Sin after dropping off the uh, leftovers with the, the Major Domo Mjerk. Yeah. Yeah. You head back. By the time you get back, it's, you know, your staff is, is uh, not up and about. The manor is looking really good, though. The Theater of Sin is clean. Lucan, with your newfound knowledge provided by Gerdrug, that the red glass actually protects you from the sun. I can open my windows if I want. Do you want to watch a sunrise? I see plenty of them. I'm over it. Life is darkness. No. Okay. <laughs> Sunset, maybe? Mm, maybe. <laughs> if you have anything that you want to do in downtime mode to prepare for the Grey Dirge Bank, you can do that now. Not really. Unless we wanted to go sell and buy stuff again. But I don't know if we have too much to sell. I mean, we do have those silver chunks. Oh, and the silver mirror? Apparently lots of silver. Yes, you do have a decent amount of silver. Unless uh, Lucan wants to look at himself in it. Nah, I don't like... I mean, I know like silver doesn't actually affect me, but... Vampire's not supposed to like silver. I don't want it. I was also making a joke about the fact that in a lot of lore, vampires... Oh, yeah, vampires can't see themselves in mirrors, of course! That would be totally worthless. So, unless somebody has an argument, I'd say we should sell it, too. Okay, that's 25 gold. 
Yeah, sell it. It's not really enough to buy anything specific, but buy some more potions or... Well, you've got 26 gold. Do you want to distribute that or do you want to buy something specific for the party? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with distribute that. Distribute it? What about the scythe and the meat cleaver? Do you want to sell those things? Sure. Get our couple of gold from the large scythe. Or get our a gold from the large scythe. Alright. Buying and selling generally takes a day. Just kind of a trip into town. Anything else you want to do during downtime? Spencer, you're going, like, alchemy. Do you already have craft alchemy or no, not yet? Uh, no, I just have crafting, I think. Okay. I took assurance last time. Assurance for crafting is great. Well, if you took assurance for crafting, oh, so you're setting up for the alchemical crafting. Uh, Sure. I don't know what I do. I forget week to week, and then characters are made, and I'm like, huh, not bad. I guess that's what I had planned. (laughs) So, going to the Great Urge Bank, are you doing any downtime activities in regards to, like, preparing for your trip to the Great Urge Bank? Or are you just, like, heading out there? No, we got a key already, don't we? You got a key? We do. All right, let's transition. Zoom. Oh, what's that transition sound again? Zoop? <laughs> Zoop? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Alright, done. Zoop? So, I need to figure out where I'm at. Where are we? There. Okay. Kix is familiar with the site. Because it's a bank. But some of you may not have actually been to the Great Urge Bank before. Because you're poor. Because it's been closed before, since... Since we got here. Fair. <laughs> yeah, it's been closed, man. But the Great Urge Bank is an imposing structure. And as you approach the Great Urge Bank, in front of it are aligned with six black columns. And they stand just outside the front doors of an edifice of solid granite lined with iron beams in the shape of interlocking jaws and finger bones. Atop each column is a three-foot diameter skull carved from the same black granite as the double door set in the archway of gaping skulls. The street outside the bank is generally deserted. There are some tax collector union buildings nearby, but there generally don't see much use. And as you approach the bank, it's not difficult to spot what's scrabbling around the bases of the columns. I'm going to share this picture with you. Those are the columns at the front entrance. The little chunks of bone are scrabbling around? Yeah. They're like they're like finger bone sized. In fact, they look like they are in fact finger bones. And in the segments that are kind of connected together, they are crawling like worms around the base of the columns. Fireball! Kill, kill them all with fire. I don't have that yet. I wish I did. We're, we're second level. Come on now. <laughs> now. What does it look like? Rune Lords? Yeah. If Now, if this were odd, 100% all over that shit. Now, as you kind of approach, you see the wiggling finger bones at the base. But then you hear some click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. There are actual hand bones all arranged and assembled marching in front of the doors. Two sets of them. And when I say sets, I mean there's like a couple of dozen bone hands just marching marching in front of the door. Almost mechanically. Back and forth. Bone hands in harmony? Bone hands in harmony. Two two by two squares worth of bone hands just marching back and forth uh were these here before no you're right damn right I am of course I knew that 
He's not unsure of himself. Uh, what the fuck are they? Uh, I make a religion check to know what the fuck they are. Uh, that would or zombie not work lore for me. Zombie not zombie lore. lore either. Damn. I would need a crafting check or an arcana check on this one. That ain't me. Crafting or arcana? That sounds like me. Uh, Gerdrug, it's a nat 20 for a 27. Or, or Gerdrug, because I'm a nat 20. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a critical success, obviously. This this group of phalanges are called uh, the fa- a phalanx of phalanges. It's the name of the creature. Phalanx of phalanges. That sounds great. That is hilarious. I love it. They have the construct traits. They have the mindless trait, and they have the swarm trait. So they're basically a swarm of constructed hands, bone hands, hand bones. You get three pieces of information from this one. What do you want? You said they have swarm traits? Yep. Construct, mindless, and swarm are their traits. Those are three miserable things for it to have for this <laughs> <group>. <laughs> I think I think that's three miserable things for for most groups. Yeah, but I mean, okay, mindless. So there goes a lot of Spencer's stuff. Uh, construct, which there goes a lot of my stuff, my my stuff. Precision stuff. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then swarms are just always a pain in the ass. Uh, three pieces of uh, any special abilities. The special ability called countless digits. Oh, I bet you I can count them. <laughs> or at least generally you can, estimate generally, it. <laughs> can approximate how many phalanges are in this swarm. They deal piercing damage, and they attempt to pin you. Oh, fun. Okay, resistances? Resistance three to cold, electricity, fire, piercing, and slashing. And then, I guess, uh, any weaknesses? Weaknesses... To area damage and splash damage. Weakness three. Your general swarm trait weaknesses? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, well, that was all pretty similar to what we've already found out from other skeletal and swarm things, but it is interesting that's a construct instead of a undead. Yeah, I mean, it very specifically tells you that the bones were used in order to construct this thing as opposed to them being raised with the necromantic energies. Which, you know, there's some variety in Geb, but it's mostly still just bones. Yeah, but it's like, still, how are they moving? (laughs) So it's, I'm almost thinking, like, there are so many different ways to cook an egg. Where in Geb, there's so many different ways to get bones to move. Or just to use bones in the architecture. Guards. Lots. Lots of things. Well... What are the odds that when we walk up, they attack us? Five. Better than seven. Five out of what? Five odds. Five little pixie odds. One set of, or gathering of these phalanges, moves in a 20-foot line to and fro in front of the door. 20 feet away from the door, back to the door. The other set marches just in front, in, in between the two pillars leading up to the door. I wait for them to run into each other and tumble over clumsily and laugh. As like just a a swarm of finger bones, they just interlace through each other finely as they pass through each other. But they don't attack you immediately. Okay. But they continue on their path. Well, right before we start this combat up, I'm casting Magic Fang on my Eidolon then, if we get a moment. Well, sounds like we have as much time as we want. If we want, we could probably just walk away and go find something that can actually deal damage to them. Does anybody have telekinetic projectile? Yeah. Your, your mom does. Nice. You can use that with bludgeoning. <laughs> Maybe we could go find something like a baseball bat for Arius. Now I want a character with a baseball bat. And occasionally uses ranged weapons with baseballs. Ah. That'd be pretty fucking cool, actually. Oh, like an al- imagine it, an alchemist that carries a baseball oh, bat yeah. with and potions. That's how they like, lob bats his potions at people. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, Hell called yeah! Swatters. I will tell <laughs> you. Ever played Fallout Four? No. Come get a swatter. 
basically Sun Drinker just needs to beat the shit out of him. I the guess. Let's just do the damage we can do. I can do it too. You can, and yeah, and Spencer can hit him with telekinetic projectile. Sure, yes, telekinetic projectile. How's that? How how how, how do I do that? I cast it. Bludgeoning telekinetic projectile with like rocks and shit. I attack the gazebo. Fuck that gazebo up. Yeah, what do you guys do? I cast magic fag and attack. So are we getting an out of order thing here? Is that what's happening? It doesn't have to be combat right now. You have options. What I'm saying is, is they're not instigating. They're not provoking. Yes. I am going to instigate. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. By casting magic fang and attacking. You got the spell off. You can, if you'd like, arrange yourselves on the map and how you'd like to approach. Do you want to engage while they're, while the uh, one swarm of finger bones is, you know, 20 feet away from the door? Or do you want to engage it while it's next to the door? How do you want to handle that? Well, it's right next to the other one. They go on these paths. Yeah, we'd want it to be closer to us, I think. We interrupt it while that one is halfway through. The back one's halfway through. <laughs> I guess right when it gets there, I smack it. Right there. All right, so we're going to roll the for initiative, if you guys haven't already. Oh. David, you and your initiative, man... I've not rolled well. Why are you starting combat if you're not going to start in combat? Fucking last. And I have plus six. Then, now that we've got initiative on the board, we're going to go to the very top of round one. The phalanx of phalanges that is marching left and right in front of the doors. It goes first. And since nobody's actually interacted with it yet, it completes its turn just continuing its path. So that means kicks, you're actually the top. I don't want it to be angry at me, so I will delay until further notice. Kicks delays, <laughs> that takes us to Gerdrug. The one time I get to go first. They delay. <laughs> Gerdrug delays Arius. So Arius is going to use his first action to move up to the west side of the closest phalanx of phalanges. Second action to take a, a swing at it. Rolls a natural Oof. one. Rough. But it's such a pretty die, though. Third action, swing again. Rolls a 19 for a 22 total. The 22 hits. Okay. And damage, yeah, average damage, 10 damage. 10 damage, okay. So it takes a little bit less because of those resistances that you were informed about. But it takes seven points of that ten damage. And as you step up to it and swing the first time and just kind of clank off the paving stones and then decide to make more of a swiping action at them, getting really low, you now have their attention. And they all turn to you, which is a little disconcerting because they're little finger bones and they all just turn towards you. Arius just smiles. They're going to be all his in a minute. <laughs> it is that phalanx's turn. Nah, I'm going to jump in. Gerdrug jumps in, all right. Or do I wait till after it goes? Maybe I wait till after it goes. You do you. I wait till after it goes. After it goes? Yeah. Okay, so it will, it will go here. It's going to use its first action to stride into Arius's square. And while occupying that space, it uses its second action to use something called countless digits. I count them all. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you, esti you estimate them. You estimate how many digits we got. We got about 3,772. <laughs> that's a lot of digits. If that's exactly. the case, that's a lot of digits. It's a lot of digits. It's <laughs> about 372 hands. Shit. Who made that joke? I want to hand out a hero point for it because it was Spencer. Good. Spencer. Take a hero no, point. Spencer. Is that its weakness? Does it take like damage, like mental damage from this? It takes tr true damage from being estimated. It's no longer countless. <laughs> So uh, this is going to just end up being a basic reflex save that Arius has to make. So go ahead and make that now. Okay. I roll an 18 for a 23 total. 
23 is a success. So you will end up taking half of four. So take two points of damage. Okay. You are going to have to do that again. Because it uses its third action to use that countless digits swarming action one again. Mm, I roll a four for a nine. Okay, so then you will take four points of damage. And as all these little finger bones uh, like are leaping from the ground and stabbing your shin bones and your 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 thigh but your femurs, they seem to be trying to like crawl up your legs and they're trying to wrench you down. Mm. That's its turn. Uh so oh yeah, Gutrick is gonna go. It would be uh, Lucan's turn unless somebody wants to jump in. Yeah, I'll jump in. Gurdrug jumps in. Gurdrug is going to move. Um, no real way to get flanking on it since it is. Since Arius is inside. Since it is mini. <laughs> uh, so I'll just move up and attack it. And get a nat one. Welcome Good. to the club. Good. Opening, opening salvos are nat ones. Third. No, 14 to hit it. 14 does not hit. Successful turn. Move Miss Miss. All done. Well, Get then after Gurdrug then Kix jumps in. All right. Kix, to your turn. And I will cast Telekinetic Projectile targeting some bones. Oh, that's unfortunate. Doesn't matter about damage. I miss. How about a 12 to hit? A 12 does miss. And then I will end my turn with the aid. The psychic aid. I'm sick of calling it recall teachings. It sounds dumb. It's now psychic aid. <laughs> psychic aid. <laughs> then after kicks, Lucan, finally. Hey, what's up, buddy? It's your turn. Oh, oh, cool. Cool. Well, um... Action one, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to use my, my lash ability to lash out and attack this guy from like 10 feet away. Wait, does Gurdra get in my way in doing that? Provides lesser cover. No, I don't want that then. Action one, we move to the north. Sundrinker does, that is. Try to make sure we're not within like 10 feet of each other so they can't stand on any two of us. Oh yeah, that's a fair point. Further to the north. Action two and three, I will do act together. And we'll have Lucan cast Electric Arc. I know I was told that they're like somehow a little bit immune to electricity, but I don't care. I'm going to try it anyway. All right. And reflex saves. Okay, so my aid checks for the plant. The plant, the plant attack? Yeah. All right, so on the reflex saves, we get a 27 and a 26. Why do you always roll so well on these? <laughs> Someday that's going to change. Someday. That will deal half of five, which is two. Minus which probably three. does nothing. Oh, yeah, which, yeah, does nothing. Then with uh, my single action from Sundrinker, we will attack this guy. Vine Strike. Bludgeoning. I get a 23. And plus two. I get a 25. That's not a crit, is it? A 25 is a crit, actually. Oh, it doesn't matter. Cause but it, 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 yeah, it does, in fact, not matter. It, it is immune to critical. Too bad. We'll deal with 11 damage, though. Hold up. I was wrong. Bludgeoning. It's not immune to critical hits. We'll deal it more than 11 damage. We'll deal it 27 damage instead. I see. 27 damage. It is not immune to critical hits. Hold on. I feel like I have I to double check. that was part of the construct tree. There's something. I don't think so. So much less shit is immune to crits in 2e. That is true. I guess construct does not necessarily say immune to crit. Yeah. No, that, that is a critical hit, and that goes through. <laughs> and how, how, would, how would you say that Sundrake would actually take out this scrabbling swarm of finger bones. So a great big long vine shoots out, curls up like like you're wrapping a rope up, but like really tight. So it's this, this thick coil of rope that's flat and then smashes down on top of it. <laughs> it's extremely effective because you crack and scatter all of those phalanges 
and they are no longer a uh, a threat. Just wait until Sundrinker is huge. Then after Lucan, we go up to the top of round two. This time we're going to have the, the phalanx of phalanges that spent last round just pacing. It is going to move up to and envelop Sundrinker with their first action. With their second action, use that countless digits action. Give me a reflex save. Got ya. How about a 26 with a nat 20? Nat 20, that's critical success. You take zero damage from the phalanx. I laugh at these stupid little things. (laughs) You can't finger me. I'm a plant. (laughs) I'm a plant. (laughs) If you wanted to finger somebody... You should have tried the vampire. <laughs> okay, then. I do not even have orifices. <laughs> it's going to use its third action to use that countless digits again. So go ahead and give me a second reflex save. Psh, fuck that. I'm immune. I rolled a nat 20. Nope. Fine. Nice try, though. You leave me no choice but to roll another. It's true. I do. I didn't. I get 12. Well, you will take four points of piercing damage. Apparently, I have orifices. (laughs) You do now, as they burrow their way in between Sundrinker's, I don't know. Bark? Stem? Knots? Best not to think about it too much. I'm thinking about it too much. Stop Stop thinking about Sundrinker's orifices, Dad. Talk about rosebuds. That's the stuff. <laughs> that takes us over to Arius. Arius, it's your turn. Arius moves 20 feet to the northeast to get to the north side of the enemy. Second action, swing. I uh, get a 26. Nice. A 26 is a critical hit. Mm, ooh, pretty solid damage. 25 damage? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty solid. There's obviously some of the resistances in there, but... When uh, you're dealing big numbers like that, they don't make enough of a difference. How does a great sword kill countless phalanges? Wait, sorry, I can't say countless because then Kix is going to be like, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Just like turn it sideways and like swat them all away. Just a smash or a slide, slide it across the ground, maybe. Magic. Magic. <laughs> That is a good answer. That's usually the answer when you don't know what the answer is. Respect. Well, Arius ends up taking out the second of the Phalanx of Phalanges, and now just with a scattered finger bones that are now lifeless, you stand in front of Grey Dirge Bank. Large, imposing, wrapped in bands of iron shaped like bones and rib cages. I approach the front door and check for traps. Go ahead and give me a perception check. How about a 12? I see everything. Seems perfectly fine. I check to see if it's locked. While you're all standing outside here like this, just outside of Great Urge Bank, you can see that there really is only this one opening. And the doors don't seem to be locked. Well, it's clear to go. I'll show you guys where to go, but my, my office is right over here. Really quick, I pick up some of the bones, and I throw them. I say, see, I can throw hands. Hey, I'm one of those. Oh, sorry. I go pick them up and give them to you. It was just for the joke. There's thousands of them. (laughs) But I wanted those ones in particular. (laughs) So the best-looking ones. That's Ted. That's not Arius. Arius just picks them up and pockets them. (laughs) Snack for later. Uh, how, however that works I just start sticking the flanges into myself and this is how this works magic I stick like a finger onto like one of like the cracks in my bone from the battle and it just like melts into me yeah. it like grabs it it just like wraps around where the split is yeah, little cinch cinches it up we'll go with it that's canon now at least for Ari yes it is uh, we'll change that later oh yeah. okay Headcanon of the time. There's headcanon, and then there's Ted Cannon. So you go to open the front door, right? Yeah, I do so. 
So as Sundrinker opens the front door to Great Urge Bank, Kix, you're looking and you're kind of struck with this moment where you remember the last time that you were here, there was this big procession, almost this this almost parade as they were pulling all of the assets out of Great Urge Bank to ship up to Mechatar, the capital. I got a little scene I want to read to you guys here. Great Urge Bank, two years ago. The celebrants created a spectacle. The fanfare and parade was loud and colorful. A marching band accompanied by a chorus of dirge pipers undulated against one another in an upbeat wail of sound. Confetti and streamers showered the air and lined the streets outside of Great Urge Bank, trampled by the dancing feet of the procession. Telegmut could hardly contain herself. The amount of willpower required to keep her lips in a compressed line as opposed to an outright smile was staggering, but she managed. A quick in her middle years, Telegmut understood that her life ticked away day by day. And while being the manager of Great Urge Bank offered her certain luxuries, Teligmut wanted more. The likes of Berline Haldoli may find a place such as this quaint and hospitable, but Teligmut craved power on larger stages, like Mechatar and Yed. Though certainly Mechatar, the capital, would match her tastes and bearing best. Great Urge Bank only held a small portion of the tax collector's union's holdings, and they made it clear to Teligman years ago that she would not raise beyond her station as bank manager here in Great Urge. It was quite easy, being the manager of the bank, to assist in facilitating its closing. The celebrant's influence grows every day, and Teligman would attach herself to that growing power. She'd even fake devotion to Urgothoa to accomplish the task handing the celebrants the info they needed to win its legal battle against the Union was a simple matter. And now that the deed is done, all that's left is to collect. As the procession continued on its way through the streets of the Governor's Quarter toward the road leading back to Mechatar, Teligmut looked to her right, and down the line she saw the faces of her now ex-employees. A diverse group of very smart individuals, quick and the dead alike, Humans, ghouls, husk zombies. There was even a young tiefling man with a special eye for numbers. Teligmut smashed a small bubble of guilt and self-loathing. Geb was not a place for the weak. The dead among her ranks would find other work well enough. The quick, though, they would have to survive through strength and cunning or die as weaklings. She must be strong. This was a necessary step to gain power. This was the way of things. Her dismissal was short and curt. You have received your severance and exit packages already. I wish you the best of luck in finding new work. Goodbye. Teligmut turned on her heel and strode towards the bank doors. Her belongings were still inside, and an unread pair of missives awaited in her office. It was a good thing she had been able to convince the Builders League to install a kitchen on site. She could prepare a celebratory meal after reading the letters that no doubt offered glowing praise and a position of power. As she walked through the now empty bank back to her office, Teligmut finally allowed herself to smile. All right, so I'm kind of enjoying this. So we've got Gurdrug, literally tortured to death, and now a ghost who haunts the family of his enemies. We've got Arius, a skeleton who might be thousands of years old, raised from the dead, and is just this vicious spirit of warmongery. And we have Lucan, a, a heartbroken emo kid who turned himself into a vampire. <laughs> and then... We have the backstory for Kix, who got laid off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he hates everybody. <laughs> Truly a hero of the proletariat. 
<laughs> yes, uh, Kix's manager's name was Taligmut. Uh, she was a human woman in her mid-40s. She ran the bank. And as the doors open into Grey Dirge Bank, Kix, it looks hardly any different from that day that the doors shut after the celebrants paraded the contents of Grey Dirge Bank to Mechatar. The black and white marble floor of this expansive lobby was shaped to proudly display the national symbol of Geb, the silver glyph of the Wizard King. Low stone benches line a pair of alcoves to the east and to the west. To the north, iron doors flank the lobby. The northern wall is a teller's desk with a pair of thick panes of clouded glass. A single stone statue resembling a woman wearing tattered cloak stands awkwardly a few feet from the doors that you just walked through, one of its hands reaching out and the other clutching a sack. Kicks this all looks familiar. Even the, the clouded glass panes had a magical command word to turn them transparent and then opaque again. And it was clock in and clock out. PTSD. This statue that's standing in front of you was not here the last time you were in this building. It's two years ago now. Hmm. This statue looks remarkably detailed. Looks remarkably flesh to stone. Yes. Yep. Watch out for that basilisk, guys. All right. I guess we go in to explore. You're just going to see the statue, make the assumption, and then move on, right? I mean, I'm making the assumption that it's a goddamn stone adventurer person thing. I feel like if you actually saw somebody who turned to stone, it would be obvious that it's not a statue. Like, the differences would be, like, obvious, right? I mean, I could see that. I mean, it could be a statue made from magic. I suppose. Other than just flesh to stone, which is also magic. I suppose. But it looks like he's asking for a medicine or a nature check. If you investigate the statue, that's up to you. I will take a little brief look at it. Not not a hard look at it. You can even give me like a negative two on this as I cursorily glance at it. I get a 23 or a 21. The 21 is a success. All right. You discern that this was once a living person and magic has turned them to stone. Shh, tip it over. <laughs> well, I'd be wary. I am wary of anything that could turn me to stone. I do not like it. Why I inform my party? Um, this is very clearly somebody that was turned to stone. So be careful of magics that do such things. In those alcoves to the east and west that I talked about, Kix, you can see that there are, like, crates and chests and all sorts of empty containers. And you recall, in the days leading up to the closing of the bank, hauling things from the lower vaults up to these alcoves for sorting before they were carried out. Kix, do you recall where the lockboxes are? Yeah, this way. I guess that's our go, then, is to head towards those. And the DM tells Kix what this way is. No, oh, yes. <laughs> Obviously. So in, just, just past the symbol for Geb that's emblazoned into the floor, Kix, you would, you would usually enter to the door to the right, which leads into public records, before accessing your place behind the clouded glass and clocking in for the day as a teller. The area to the left would be where the stone slab that leads to the lower vaults is located. That way. Except uh, Gerdrug is off to the left doing things. I'm just glancing over there. He made it sound like it was... I can give you a perception check, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying not to metagame. I am certain there's shit in both of these alcoves. But I can't think of a reason my character would go check them out. We're heading straight towards the lot boxes. It's up to you. If you search them, let me know. David, what's the name of the uh, evil chick in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Evil chick in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, the Nazi one. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I should know, but I don't remember. All I can think right now is, don't cross the seal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Elsa. 
Elsa. Elsa. Reception check. Uh, that was supposed to be a 19, but it's a 9 instead. 9 total. You're checking out the western alcove? Yes. And you see a lot of empty pouches and empty containers. If you wanted to grab like a, you know, an extra coin purse or something, you could easily pick something up here. Uh, but otherwise you don't see anything else of uh, really much value there. I go check the other one. Alright, I'll take another perception check. There's less boxes and containers in the eastern alcove, but so that means you feel like there's just less to look through, so no, nothing here. Alright. Did everybody else wait for me or do you guys move on? It's one of those things where it's like, I'm starting to go, and then you go over there and do things like, ah, okay. And you come back towards us and like, okay, let's go. And I start to go again, and then you go to the other side and it's like, ah, okay. <laughs> yes, now we go. Just gotta <laughs> make sure nothing's gonna stab us in the back. That's my job. <laughs> Serious character backstory drops in one episode? What is this, a good podcast? Will the dick jokes and nitpicky rules-driven combats return next time? Yes, but tune in anyway to find out as we continue Blood Lords. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.